and we were to move to a mansion in the country. However, the ship left Hudson Bay fully loaded, but failed to arrive in Portsmouth. Fierce storms on the crossing were presumed to have claimed it, but no trace was ever recovered. On my father's death, my horrible mother received a small pension, and it is that which we now live off. We don't have much. My clothes are years old and threadbare, our furniture is older than great-grandfather, and we have only one servant, Eleanor, who cooks and cleans. It will be wonderful for the students of the future to think how from such humble beginnings I rose to such brilliance. My horrible mother, I will now dispense with the prefix horrible when mentioning my horrible mother in order to save on ink, but let it be understood that she is indubitably horrible, has had a difficult life, so brimful of tragedy that it's little wonder she is a dry, cruel husk of a woman. The accumulated horrors of having seen seven of your children to their graves would turn any devoted mother into a bitter, miserly, spiteful, wrinkled old crab trout. The reason I hope that I am able to get on in life without being so thoroughly unpleasant is that I don't have to live with the burden of the memories of my siblings. Four passed away before I was even born, and the other three I hardly remember, so tender an age was I when they each met their particular and peculiar fate. Camilla died of the winds, Peter of the leg sweats, Eliza got the canker and Louisa succumbed to dropsy. Pippa passed over after falling down the stairs, Charlie after falling up them, and Martin died aged five of the bending disease. My great-grandfather is a mystery. How in a world where my poor brothers and sisters perished so young he can live for a century or more is baffling. Great-grandfather... I will from here on dispense with the prefix great when mentioning my great-grandfather, but please be assured that he is unquestionably great. Hardly speaks any more. It is a theory of mine that we are all born with a fixed number of words to speak in our lifetime. 255,507,143. And grandfather has very few left, so he uses them sparingly and wisely. Actually, not always wisely. Last month at supper he blurted out, Cock-a-doodle-doo! Apropos of nothing. Then he looked very downcast, as if he knew he'd wasted five valuable syllables and didn't speak again for a week. I remember a time when he used to speak more. In the years following my father's disappearance, Grandfather would tell me stories before bed. These he never read from a book, but would invent from his imagination. My favourite and one that I requested again and again was about a tribe of tiny flying people that lived in a far-off place where they were safe from humans. Grandfather is also named Benjamin Tooth and has a wooden leg. A curious thing is that he will often absent-mindedly scratch this wooden appendage or rub it after a long walk as though he still has feeling in it. Most of his days are spent looking out of the window or looking at his collection. It's not much of a collection, to be honest, in fact, it's hard to surmise a link between each of the objects. It comprises a spoon, a small ball of hair, several acorns, a shoe, and various other apparently random objects. But Grandfather gets a lot of enjoyment from his collection, regularly taking it out and arranging the objects in a very specific order on the table, examining them and cataloguing them in a notebook. He rarely adds to the collection, but when he does, he shows me his new acquisition with great pride, and I congratulate him on finding such a beautiful example. He is profoundly deaf, and his eyesight is almost gone, but his sense of smell is astounding. 
He smells me coming home from school each day and has a dish of steaming tea waiting for me as I walk in the door. I do not have a particularly pungent odour. If I bring him a newspaper, he reads it by smell, inserting one end of his reading straw into a nostril and then sniffing along the lines from left to right. He wears a periwig of the old-fashioned style and the red coat he wore at the Battle of Blenheim where he lost his leg. He didn't lose his leg, it was shattered by a great shot. A grenadier who was a butcher by trade happened to be passing and, with his cleaver, chopped off the limb at a blow. The grenadier subsequently went on to become Surgeon General of the whole army, or so the story goes. I attend the dame school at Stonebridge, which is a three-mile walk across the fields from my house. The schoolmistress, Miss Ormoroid, is a crotchety old hag who has no more idea of how to teach children than I do of making lace. I already feel I have learnt as much from her as I can. We spend hours reciting aloud, number tables or verses from the scriptures. We also have...